time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Korean dramas, movies and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces, time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. On Check It Out! With Paul. It is Wednesday. Paul is in with a brand new shirt. He's looking mighty spiffy today. It looks like little tiny surfboards are decorating your shirt shirt sleeve? Short sleeve shirt there, Paul. You look fabulous. Thank you. It's a present from my parents. They sent over three packages from the UK uh, filled with chocolates and shirts and spices. (gasps) What kind of chocolates, may I ask? Uh, The DM, uh, which is very popular in the UK. Yes. Then the uh, orangey... Biscuit that is actually termed to be a cake with chocolate oh, on top. We don't. Well, I did see that in Korea in one place actually. No, so I think what? we can mention it. Jaffa, yeah. right? Uh, are you a fan then? I'm assuming. Love them. Oh, Love them. They're too cakey for me. Yeah, like they're too <laughs> doughy. I want. I would like them to be a hard biscuit no, no, with no, that no, orange no. jelly no, no, on no, top. No, it's no. all about the sponge. And then uh, some green cardamom pods, some Ooh. black cardamom pods, some wow. garam masala, <gasps> some smoked paprika. Nice. All yeah. from. The UK. I I guess I like having my mum in Seoul, but it would be nice if she was there so she could send me some care packages. Maybe well, I'll send her back. Well, yeah, maybe you should <laughs> uh, get her on the next plane out. <laughs> I think the travel is certainly increasing from Incheon. Speaking of which, just randomly, any holiday plans for the summertime, Paul? Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> not necessarily abroad, but even domestically or anything I, like that. I I have no plans further than uh, further than <laughs> next week. I'd, I'm I'm starting a, a, a new storytelling show. Uh, oh. At the start of May, and uh-huh. I'll be doing that every single Sunday in Seoul, wow. actually very near to Anidang. Oh. Um, so uh, I don't think I'll be going away for the weekend. Mm. How long is that lasting? That's going all the way through to the end of August. Wowzers every week. Yeah, and I'm hoping Gio and Ellie will come. Absolutely. If you give them VIP seats or some of those chocolate orange cakes. No, be they, cannot have, they can have no <laughs> chocolate orange cakes. I did hear that. I think it's next Monday that they're opening up eating indoors, popcorn in the cinemas Ooh. and whatnot. So maybe Jaffa Cakes in the theatre. Who knows? No, no, no distractions, Peter. Just like I hope none of you are eating when you listen to me do my readings. No, that is definitely a crime, a travesty of justice. Today's tale, I remember you saying the title last week and me being shocked. So I looked ahead and I told the listeners once again, the old woman with the knife. Everyone is expecting a lot of twists and turns. Are they right to do so? Oh, they are. It is is a brilliant book. I loved reading it this week. Um, It's all about getting older. And since it was... It was my birthday last week. I've been thinking about what it might be like to be a pensioner. Oh. Um, but it does have this twist. It's written by Gu Byung-mo. It's mm-hmm. translated by Chiyoung Kim. The Korean title is Pagwa, and we'll get to the meaning of that a little bit later. I was curious. I've never heard that word, I don't Well, think. I'll explain it in a bit. You don't okay. have to look it up right now. It's not a literal translation, though, of the English. It's not. And so we join this old woman who's going about her daily business. And her daily business is the business 
of killing. What? <laughs> An old lady serial killer, it seems no. like, or assassin, assassin or something. Let's use the proper term. And, oh, sorry. Disease control expert is what she's referred to as. Wow. This has piqued my interest even further. Not that I needed it. Tell us about the author. We featured Gu Byung-mo. We have back in late 2020, so it's been quite a while. Okay. Uh, it's a pen name, actually. Her real name is Jung Yu-gyung. She's born in Seoul in 1976, and she loved reading from a very young age. Mm. She borrowed books from all her friends. At the age of 12, she was like, that's it, I'm going to be a writer. Wow. And she went to Kyunghee University, studied Korean literature, became an editor at a publishing company, and then finally published her first work in 2009. Okay. And her first work was hugely popular here. Great. Uh, the UK has Harry Potter. Mm. Korea has The Wizard Bakery. Oh, wow. Wizard Bakery. Yeah. So this won the Changbi Prize for Young Adult Fiction. It was also the first young adult novel in Korea to focus on magic. Brilliant. Uh, but she doesn't just write for teens. She also writes for adults. She's produced novels, collections of short stories. We have her work in English and Japanese. Japanese, in Vietnamese, in Spanish, and in French. And this book, which was relatively recently released, is well worth a read. Fantastic. That kind of makes me think we should perhaps do some more kids' literature or teen literature as well. I think most of our novels are more adult-centric. Yeah. That'd be a, nice. There's a problem there, oh, Peter. What? Because um, uh, I was looking online because yeah. I want to read The Wizard Bakery. Yeah. And back in 2016, yeah. they were saying, oh, yeah, the translation's in its late stage. It Ooh. should be published sooner and later. Okay. That was 2016, six years ago. It hasn't come out yet. All right, you do it, Paul. <laughs> I, did, I did threaten to do that on social media. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, tell us a bit about the translator. Uh, Chiang Kim, one of our regulars, one mm. of the most prolific translators of Korean literature. We featured her over a dozen times, I think. She's based in LA, trained as a lawyer, uh, did translation as a hobby. It's become her full-time gig. And uh, her books are always brilliant. She's one of those. If you see her name on the cover, it's worth the read. Fantastic. And speaking of different types of books, Leon did get in touch earlier. I forgot to read the message and said, please, Paul, could you bring in some more non-fiction books? Like we did that one about the tigers. And we had tigers actually featured for Pick a Bunch today. But Leon has a suggestion, like a self-help book. Uh, One that I know that's about to be released is I Want to Die, But I Want to Eat Dabokki by Beg Sehee. I think our writer would be more than happy and Paul... You as well. Leon, don't tease me. As you <laughs> well know, that book is not out until June 23rd. Uh-oh. And I've been dying to read it for ages. <laughs> and we're going to have to wait another couple of months. But yes, I've already, I'm already planning to pre-order it. I'm only planning Brilliant. to get it and read it because it's translated by Anton Herr. It's one of the big best-selling non-fiction books here in Korea over the past few years. Oh. We will definitely be featuring it because I want to read it myself and I'm just selfish. There we go. Any requests for books, songs, any requests for anything, we will accept on Daily K. We're getting to our first reading. This is what we do if you're listening for the first time. Three excerpts coming up from the book. Set the scene for us for this old woman with a knife. We have the old woman with the knife, whose name is Hornclaw, <laughs> and an encounter with another assassin named Bullfight. <laughs> Now Hornclaw tries to hide her surprise. Bullfight seems to have detected her agitation. 
It's getting colder in the mornings. If you go around there early without any hot packs, your knees are going to ache. The reason she's disturbed is because she immediately attempted to yank her arm out of his grip but failed. Now she's jittery, feeling her physical decline in spite of her best efforts. A plant beyond harvest is bound to be scraggly, and a young man is obviously stronger than an older woman. But she's a specialist, just like him. Bullfight slowly relaxes his grip on her arm, but Hornclaw sinks down into the sofa, disappointed by her physical weakness. Have you thought about growing your nails? Bullfight asks. She looks at him, wondering what lunacy this is. The kid draws his finger down the bulging blue vein on the back of her hand. His fingernail feels like a metal implement scratching her. The thin skin of her hand layered with deep wrinkles looks like it could give off years of accumulated dust and if you follow the veins to her round nails, which have a dull peachy hue and are trimmed neatly to one millimetre in length as usual, it's easy to see three of them are smashed in. Likely to turn black soon, judging from their colour. Because it's such a waste. Bullfight continues, and pathetic. You used to be known as Nails, and even if you're not as sharp as you used to be, at least you could grow out your real nails and paint them in a rainbow of colours. She yanks her hand away, not even wanting to retort. If I grew them out, I would slash your face so that you couldn't even begin to attempt to jigsaw it back together. And Bullfight smiles, as if he's accomplished what he's been after. Don't you have someone to show yourself off to, if you were to doll yourself up like that? Bullfight leers. What. The. Hell. Her heart stops, but her expression doesn't change. Then again, she might believe she's maintaining a calm, unruffled exterior, but he could have caught the corner of her upturned mouth, or one eye trembling ever so slightly. She suppresses the urge to blurt. How do you know that? which would amount to digging her own grave. And actually, it would be better to retort, what is this nonsense? What evidence do you have? And grab him by the throat. As she fingers the buck knife in the inner pocket of her jacket, she tries to discern if he detects her injury, the one sustained a month back, but she never told anyone about. The kid's expression is untroubled and bright. Jay Lee saying, oh, an old woman with a knife. Was she a butcher? Goodness, it sounds scary. Really descriptive as well with the nails and the old woman's nails. And uh, it does sound like this could get a little gross and gory. Oh, just you wait. Leon <laughs> saying, uh, old lady but not slow, still swift enough to kill people. And fingernails are technically a powerful weapon for women. Mm, I never thought about it like that. But yeah, if you have sharp, strong nails, that's like having claws, isn't it? Well, she is called... Horn claw. Oh, I didn't even put that two and two together. <laughs> Idiot, Peter. Uh, Sarah loving the book. Stacy saying so intense. Miss Braddock saying really descriptive. Yeah, from that passage, I could like imagine everything yeah, in detail. It's brilliant writing. Hartley saying, "Wow, in real time, that probably all happened in two seconds." Yes, we're getting a, a, a lightning fast mind thinking through. And Tropic Girl saying, "Sinister." Don't underestimate her. She may be a little old lady, but sounds like she could be a formidable opponent. Mm, does seem that way. It seems like Bullfight is physically definitely stronger, has the upper hand there, but you could just see 
her mind ticking, going round how to do or how to get out of this situation. It wasn't a hallucination, was it? That no, first no, track no, is no, nothing no, to no. That. It's okay. a, it's a, it's something's going on between the two of them, and we don't know quite what. Mm, lots of tension in the air. I was first imagining maybe Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Maybe they might fall in love or something like no, that. No, he's a he's a young man, okay. and she's a, a woman in her mid sixties. <laughs> Okey dokey. Um, and I should say that despite her name Hornclaw, mm-hmm. she has never had long. nails. Yeah, I got that vibe from his talking about her, like saying it, it's such a waste that you don't have them. You should capitalize yeah. on that. And she seems like a neat freak in terms of her nails. No, least. but the, she does have sharp things upon her and those are her <laughs> knives. Okie dokie. And they're both killers. Yes, they're both assassins. They're both what they call disease control experts <laughs> and they both work for the same agency. They kill oh, off pests. Okay. Just human pests. <laughs> um, Hornclaw has been doing this for decades and decades. 40-something years. Wow. And for some reason, Bullfight, this younger uh, assassin, seems to have an issue with her. Oh. And she doesn't know why he keeps teasing her and taunting her. Interesting. Um, but let's go back to the start of the book. Okay. So before of this, we witness one of her assassinations. It happens on the subway, and we learn how expertly she can wield a knife. She blends into the crowd. She does the assassination in sight of everyone, and yet no one <gasps> notices. She's wow. just a little old lady. It's good cover, isn't it? Yeah, and we learn of her home life. It's just her and her dog, Deadweight. <laughs> Great names. Um, yeah, she picked her off the street a few years ago. They're both old ladies. <laughs> And Hornclaw is pretty worried about herself and her dog. Mm. Uh, she's getting older. Her physical fitness is her concern. Her mind is her concern. She's worried that she's losing it, that she's not fit to oh. be a killer anymore. And we also learn how her, the agency works. So she gets her jobs from Worry Fixer. Uh-huh. And she gets annoyed by Bullfight. She okay. seems to bump into him whenever she goes to the office. Oh. And he's a bit of a weirdo because he <laughs> likes to kill. And he takes pleasure in his killing. Isn't it good to enjoy your job? <laughs> Maybe enjoy it a little bit too much. Um, and also, she doesn't why doesn't know why she's doing it to to her. Why uh-huh. he's doing that to her. Okay. And we also learned that a month previously, she had a bad job, uh-huh. a job that turned bad. She was almost fatally injured. Oh no! She just about managed to drive herself to her usual doctor's clinic, where the doctor knew. what's going on a little bit so okay. it keeps it a secret but he wasn't there <gasps> and instead she was treated by an internist named Dr. Kang oh, no. she collapses in the clinic he treats her when she wakes she's scared that her cover's going to be blown but he says no I, I won't say anything I promise okay. and she finds herself thinking about him oh. maybe a little bit too much and she even goes to the local market where his family has a fruit store oh. and she meets his parents and she buys delicious peaches from them chats to them learns about his daughter how his wife died in childbirth oh. she's she's normally a solitary person but she's starting to sort of almost feel a connection with this family mm. and then we get a glimpse into bullfight's past We learn about the day he found his father murdered. Oh, that's what sparked it, maybe. Yeah, the day he saw the killer's face. He was a temporary housekeeper who was never caught. <sighs> But now, all these years later, he knows her identity. He's oh. looked at the agency's records. He's found the file on his father. <sighs> he knows it was Hornclaw. Uh-oh. And he's wondering what he's going to do with her. Interesting. Yeah. And we also learn about Hornclaw's past. She was from a very poor family who basically sent her off to act as a maid for her cousin, mm-hmm. a way of getting into a better house to have food, okay. but basically shoved out. But then she got kicked out of that family when she hurt one of the children. Oh, no. And she ended up with nowhere to go. But she met a man named Ryu, and he would become her mentor, 
teach her everything she knows. Wow. We also learn of her first kill, who was an American soldier who tried to rape her. Oh, dear. And how Ryu covered things up for her. And so they became a team. And for years and years, they were killing together for money. Wow. Back to the present. She's given another assignment. She thinks, OK, a y fine. She goes on the job. But she messes it up when she stops to help an elderly man. Uh-huh. Something that she would never normally do, but suddenly she's being kind to him and then she misses the moment. She's softening up. But in the area she is, she smells Bullfight's distinctive odour. Oh, like he could be out. around. Okay. He's got a very distinctive smell. Uh-huh. Next day, the elderly man ends up dead <gasps> and she's sure she knows who is responsible. But she doesn't know why he did it or what he wants from her. Uh, she has no idea Bullfight knows what happened. No, it's happened. a very, very, very confusing situation. And so she meets Dr. Kang again. She feels the need like she has to talk to him. She wants to spend time with him. She even goes back to the fruit stall and... His parents remember her and they get on. And then at the fruit stall, suddenly Bullfight appears. Oh, no. This doesn't sound like a happy ending. uh, Well, no, they move to an alley to talk. Mm. Hornclaw is ready to fight him right there and then. Yeah. And Bullfight's like, yeah, I killed the old man because he stopped you from doing your job. Oh, pretended to kind of care in that way. Well, not really. (laughs) He's taunting her again. And he knows about Dr. Kang. He knows about her sort of her sweetness for him, her Uh obsession for him. Uh, they, they split up, she heads home, and suddenly she remembers the peaches that she bought those days or weeks ago. Oh dear, I feel like Bullfight and Hornclaw cannot both remain. Let's find out what happens in the second reading. Peaches. What did she do with them? She completely forgot about them. Even after handing one to the old man, she would have had three left. No, no. Since Dr. Kang's mother gave her one extra, she should have four remaining. After she decided not to give any to Deadweight, she can't remember if she ate them or when. She opens the fridge. Since she lives alone and doesn't need to keep a lot of food, she has a mid-sized model. When newlyweds choose appliances, they start with the basic French door models, and anything as small as hers would typically be used as a supplemental kimchi fridge. The bigger fridges get, the more food gets wasted. When the 800-litre model came on the market for the first time, she wondered what she would use it for other than to briefly store a body that was difficult to dispose of, and of course didn't buy it. When frost covered the tops of the banchan containers in the back of the fridge, a repairman would suggest, ma'am, These parts are obsolete and it's about time to get a new fridge. But she always shook her head, saying, It still works. It's not like the freezer isn't working and the motor's not that loud either. Parts are obsolete. Broken. Obsolete. It's time to get rid of it. I'm telling you, it won't last much longer. Replacement. Hornclaw studies the inside of her fridge, even though it's sparse, with only kimchi and a few packets of banchan. Even that small amount has gone bad. She might as well clean out the whole thing. She opens the vegetable crisper, and there they are. Three brown, squished lumps that used to be peaches, on the verge of complete liquefaction. She must have eaten one when she got home and then put them out of her mind. She opens a compost bag to throw away the once sweet, refreshing and ripe peaches. 
They should have filled someone's mouth at the peak of their flavour, but now they smell sour and putrid. When she picks one up, it falls apart immediately and dribbles, all because she used a little force to unstick it from the wall of the crisper. She has no choice but to fish out each crushed piece and slide it into the bag, then scratch with her fingernail at the bits stuck like cement against the wall. They have adhered firmly to the side, as if they have a lingering attachment to the frost overtaking the fridge. The sour stench burrows into her nose, making her eyes smart. A little later, her shoulders begin to shake, and she lets out a moan as Deadweight comes over and barks gently, as if in consolation. so into her mind it seems like lots of these things are metaphors the refrigerator getting obsolete and being replaced and she doesn't remember the peaches is this a sign of maybe i don't know alzheimer's is she losing her mind she feels like she is she feels like she's coming to an end she's unraveling oh no and the situation is unraveling itself it's spiraling out of control and she's ready to quit okay it's like this is it they but they've got one last assignment for her mm-hmm. she has to do this last one she'll go out on a high The problem is it's Dr. Kang's father. Oh, no. Why is he a target? Well, that's what she's trying to work out. But the thing is, she can't turn it down. Uh-huh. Because if she turns it down, they'll just give it to someone else. Ah. So she decides, I'm going to make this as painless as possible for him. Okay. And she goes to the fruit store, not to kill him yet, mm-hmm. just to check things out. Yep. But the store is locked, and she's accosted by a distraught Dr. Kang. Uh-oh. His daughter... has been kidnapped. Oh, no. He's been faxed a note telling him to send the old granny to an address in two days' time. And if he doesn't, then he won't see his six-year-old daughter again. The old granny being Hornclaw? Yeah. <gasps> And he's, he's blaming her for it. He thinks it's all her fault. She tells him she's going to deal with it. Mm. She spends the next couple of days preparing. She buys an extra gun. She's getting herself ready. The night before, she can't sleep well. Mm-hmm. Deadweight goes to the living room, almost as if she knows you need your space. Okay. But the next morning when she leaves and she pats her dog goodbye, she realises Deadweight's dead. Oh, the timing of that. Interesting. Yeah, and it feels like things are coming to an end for her as well. And she goes to the address. She gets there. There are snipers. She gets shot at. (gasps) Uh Bullfight must have hired help. Okay. And we witness how she manages to take out gunman after gunman (gasps) after gunman until finally Bullfight appears with the little girl in tow. And it's time... for the final showdown. Wow, she's a bit of a hero, isn't she? A dark hero, though. Now, all about Korea. Arirang Radio. She wouldn't have known her heart's capacity for pain if she hadn't witnessed Dr. Kang's reaction. Things she never thought were meaningful once, Liu was gone. And this all leads to the sensation of Deadweight's dull fur cold under her hand. She tosses down the beretta and the knife. Let her go. So, you're not senile yet, seeing how you fully understand the situation. Get rid of the one you have on your hip too. She takes off the hip holster and throws it down. Let's hear it. What's your problem with me anyway? If you can't think of it on your own, there's no point in telling you. He sounds serious. 
Hornclaw snorts. Why is she looking for reason and logic from an unhinged kid? Whatever. What do I need to do for you to send her back? She believed too simply that what Bullfight wants from her is a sign of defeat. Perhaps she can signal her submission by kneeling or something. He seems annoyed by the fact that she's a woman. An old woman at that. And someone who used to be renowned for her skills. Why do you think it's up to me to send her back? It's easier if you defeat me and just take her. Defeat him? That would be near impossible to do, but she gamely picks up her knife. She still doesn't understand what game he's trying to play with her, but he seems to want it to be more dramatic and violent than a simple kill. Bullfight pushes Haney down against a pillar, her hands and feet still bound, and he's now holding a military-grade Gerber knife. The paring knife is nowhere to be seen. Perhaps he's tucked it away. All right, if I kill you? Her voice is shaking. Bullfight notices and stifles a smile. Wasn't that your plan all along? Suddenly his voice is right by her ear, not across the way. Somehow he's already next to her. She feels a sharp throbbing across her cheekbone. Blood is seeping out. She's reflexively knocked the knife away, changing the direction of the blade. The original target seems to have been her forehead, and if he'd succeeded, it would have been hard for her to see clearly through the gushing blood. So, who wins? Does the girl escape? What's happening? You can't leave us here, Paul. I can. You've got to read the book. Oh. you got to read the book. Wow. Um, it's one of these books where I love it so much that I want you to go out and buy it or borrow it or do whatever you can to get your hands on it. Amazing. Because it is an amazing climax. I'm not going to say what happens, but it is so, so satisfying. It so sounds like a, a movie, a, a Korean movie that you could see, one of those gangster films. Just an old lady is usually not the, the heroine or the instigator. No, but, but she is a tough old bird and she wow. is absolutely brilliant. This really could be a movie. Goo writes those action scenes so, so so well um and i want to talk about the title okay because i mentioned before the title pagua mm. is very different from the old woman with the knife yes it's not very long it can't encapsulate all that surely there's not a word in korean for old woman with a knife well it means bruised fruit oh. like pa is in pagwe okay meaning destroyed yeah damaged and uh-huh. gua from guayal so bruised fruit is actually the literal translation interesting and that makes a lot of sense now reading that bit about the peaches and whatnot yeah well that was actually the inspiration for the book oh when uh, the author <laughs> found those peaches in her fridge oh in real that life was, yeah that was where the book started for her so wow. she put that scene in the book as well what's also interesting is the book has actually inspired mm. one actor to work on their character for a tv series Oh, just something unrelated, a different TV yeah. series. So if we go back to 2017, because mm. this book came out, I think, 2013 in Korea originally. Okay. There was a TV series called Tunnel, and uh, Lee Yoo Young was one of the stars. Uh-huh. And she was looking for inspiration for her criminal psychologist character, Professor Shin Jae-e. Uh-huh. And the director actually said, you want to read Pagwa? Mm. Read The Old Woman with the Knife. <gasps> And it was a really big help for her in building her character. Wow. Yeah. So it's fascinating to see how it sort of influenced a drama as well. The other thing that's really interesting to me is that it's a a book of social commentary as well. Mm. Commentary on how hard it is to live as an elderly person in Korea or, to be honest, anywhere in the Mm. world. 
And Hornclaw is not two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. She's not a dithering old woman. She's sure. a woman <laughs> with feelings, with thoughts, with passions. We have her entire life story in front of us. Mm. She's fully three-dimensional. And we come to admire her and empathize with her, even though she is a cold-blooded killer. Yes. And I feel like this book, it's exciting. It's thrilling. You, it's a page-turner. But at the same time, when you get to the end of it, you're also going to think about... what it's like to be an older person in Korea mm. and also what it might be like for you to be an older person in Korea in, you know, for us maybe 20 years' time. Sure, yeah. That reality is something that I think most people just put off thinking about considering. In this book, you really felt for her because, you know, in her heyday, it seems like she was really good at what she did and then she's r e a l i z i n g she can't keep that up. There's yeah. nothing she can do to kind of... keep the tide of time from coming and sweeping over her. But I have to say, it's a corker of an ending. I can't give it away. I really can't give it away, and I so want to. (laughs) But you you have to get your hands on this book, people. The Old Woman with the Knife. Yes. You can find it online. E-books are available and whatnot, right? Yeah, I bought the e-book myself. Fantastic. We've got so many messages from our listeners. Hartley saying, I don't think Bullfight is going to be stronger than that buck knife. And uh, it might be better just to fix the problem, so to speak, than to negotiate a way out. Yeah, and it seems like Bullfight wants that as well. Like He wants her to come at him with all she's got. And then he wants to maybe punish her. Well, you have to read the book. Mm -hmm. Sherry says the fact that she's an old woman probably makes people underestimate her, indeed. And I feel like that's a terrible mistake to make. I love the idea that this woman is a brutal assassin, but she has a dog that she loves. And picturing her with a hidden knife walking her dog. Oh, I think she's thinking about how the fridge needs to be replaced. And so does she. OMG, everything is falling apart all at the same time. Yeah. My feelings exactly. The parts of the fridge, the parts of her body and whatnot. Paul, as ever, thank you for your brilliant reading. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone. Thank you, as always, to the Literature Translation Institute of Korea for their help with copyright permission for this broadcast. Thank you to Gu Byung-mo for her exciting book and c h i u n g Kim for her excellent translation. Next week, it's Violets, not Violets. Okay. Violets, oh, the flower. Lovely flower. By Shin Kyung-suk, one. of Korea's best-selling authors translated by Anton Herr. That's Violets. So if you want to read it ahead of time, please get your hands on a copy. It's just come out last week. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. Hot out the oven. Paul, we will see you next Wednesday. See you then. You can listen to Check It Out with Paul Matthews on Adidang Radio's Hashtag Daily K every Wednesday from 10am KST.